Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. We did, but honestly, I was left with more questions than answers, Tony. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. And I'm Michael Costa, comedian from The Daily Show. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1. Our F1 102, if you will. And get all of the answers. All of them? Listen to Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali in 1988, and surprisingly, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story, and also stories of others touched by the champ. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time with the players and coaches who lived in them. Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Or what about the, the after parties? We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games With Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. If you want to listen live, all you have to do is download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Also, if you want to catch this show on video, be sure to check out Zumo TV, channel 719. That's where you can find SportsGrid's Fantasy Sports Network. Enjoy the show, and thanks so much for listening. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of In Game Live right here on SportsGrid, giving you the edge like whoa. I'm Dane Martinez. This is Jared Smith. And Jared, you know, over the last few weeks, we have been hypothesizing about the NBA and about Major League Baseball, right? And will the I's get dotted and the T's get crossed? Well, listen, we have had formal progress in all sports since we've last talked, but I think the biggest one would have to be in Major League Baseball, right? And, you know, we were wondering, would it be 50? Would it be 66? Would they agree? Would they have a grievance? Here's what it is. We're going to have a season. It's going to be 60 games. However, the first question I have for you is this, Jared. I think the players may have messed up on this one because if they accepted one of the proposals, then they would have had the opportunity to activate all those other fun tinkering bells and whistles that I think would have been actually very important uh, specifically to recoup some of the money, specifically the expanded playoffs that we have been talking about, okay? So one of the things that happened when we default back to the March agreement and now the commissioner's office can, in fact, impose or deliver the schedule, and we have the dates on that, and, you know, we could discuss that as well. But what I think is very interesting, the two pieces we were hearing about so many times, one was the universal DH, Jared. And ironically, that is still going to be in play for 2020, not because they snuck it in, but because they're going to couch it as part of the safety protocols in the March agreement, right? So that pitchers aren't running the extra injuries. You and I both have, you know, PTSD from Chin Ming Wong and the like. So (laughs) that won't happen, right? The other thing that I think is the big part that we'll start on here today on In Game Live is this the same playoff format as usual, Jared? We got we got I the think ten it is. teams. We've got the ten teams, and because you and I both know the way the sport was going to make back some of that lost revenue was the expanded playoffs, and we're not going to have that for competitive balance. Cool, we're going to have ten of the thirty. We've talked about that before, but I think on some level the players cut off their nose to spite their face to withhold the idea of being able to have a grievance now. The pie ain't going to be as big, brother man. What do you think? And I am slightly disappointed that we're not going to have an expanded playoffs. And the reason why is it, I I am concerned a little bit because when we talk, and we're going to get into a lot of this, you know, yeah. these number crunchings of 60 sure. games in the comparison later. But when you when you compress it and you make it so a team like, let's say, the White Sox are going to make the playoffs 15, 20 percent right. more times than a team like the Yankees would normally in a 162-game season. Well, now you might have a scenario where some of these big boppers that would have absolutely qualified for the postseason if the season was 162 
might not qualify because five is 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 trim. Five is what we're used to. Three winners in the division and in the wild card. So it, there, there, there's nothing. There's no more meat on the bone there. So you're right. Absolutely, the money is in the postseason, and that's where we're not seeing the expansion. And you would think that MLB would want to expand that if they could. They didn't decide to do so. Again, this was a mandated season by the commissioner. The commissioner could have mandated an expanded postseason. Yep. But I think he wanted to stay true to that March agreement because I think they're trying to avoid agreements in any way right. possible. So they are trying to walk that thin line. Yes, I would have liked to see an expanded postseason. I'm not, you know, it's, I'm not going to cry myself to sleep. But again, I do think there might be some compression with the amount of teams that have a chance to win. The, actually, there absolutely will be compression. Ooh, there's going to be yeah. less teams. In. So <laughs> there, there, there's going to be some compression there. And now that's just another hurdle, another obstacle, another variable for us to put into our equation, our baseball stew, when we're yeah. trying to figure out how to bet this market. Yeah, absolutely, Jared. And remember, we were, I thought we were ahead of the game, right? It was like at this point, maybe a month and a half ago, when we discussed, I believe it was out of 538, that idea of the simulating the season a thousand times and what happens. You know, I identified, I believe, the Angels. You talked about the White Sox. We talked about the Mets that are these kind of second order teams that maybe can capitalize on the variance, and that is not going to be in play the way we were kind of ideating upon for most of these proposals back and forth. Another element of this that I think is very interesting, we've talked about this before, but I want to put more meat on the bone, is we know about the trading deadline as well, Jared. Yes. Okay, the trading deadline is going to be August 31st. And remember, in a 60-game season, I think, Jared, correct me if I'm wrong, it's after like 30 or 35 games, just over half. Now, you're my numbers guy, and we play things out all the time. So here's what I want to play out with you, Jared. The best winning percentage in the major leagues last year was the Dodgers. They were around 650, around 660. Call it two out of three, right? So halfway through the season, 30 games, that's being 20 and 10, okay? To be the leader, you know, one of the one seed out of the five, right, in the playoffs. Jared, the worst record in the American League last year, I believe the Baltimore Orioles were at exactly a 333 winning percentage. Wow. Guess what that is over 30 games? I know it. You know it. It's going 10 and 20. So if the best team in the league, and of course this is prorated, it may be different. Could someone get off to a 26 and 4 start? Sure. But for the trading deadline conversation, there's going to be teams that are 10 and 20 that are at the bottom of the damn league. And they're not going to be out of it, Jared. That's what I'm getting to, right? Because if the best teams in the league are 20 and 10, the worst teams in the league are something like 9 and 21, then your wild card team is what? 17 and 13? 16 and 14? There are going to be teams that are piss poor at the bottom of the league that are only six games out of a playoff spot with 30 left to play. So the idea of who is a buyer, who is a seller, and how that happens, and you just made the point with only 10 playoff teams, there may be more people looking to buy and get into that, but I don't know if there's going to be anybody willing to sell. What do you totally think about agree. that market the trading deadline, Jared? I think you are spot on with that handicap, and I'm going to even throw in another variable for you to consider. Okay. Now we also have to take into account the CBA next year and what sure. the free agent market is going to be looking like and who's going to be a buyer or seller in what could be a very uncharted water of free agency. Yeah. And and I know it's, very, it's, it's hard for us to wrap our heads around that right now because we're still getting through uh, these initial obstacles of a season. But – you're 100% right. There will be far less sellers this year, if any sellers at all. And the buyer, it's like buyer beware. Are you going to go out and reach for a guy, bring in a trade? Like a lot of big time trades are done for the expiring contracts. Right, the but, rentals. Exactly. But a lot of times in your head for the GMs, they're thinking to themselves, I'm going to mm. sign this guy in the offseason. Right. So I'm willing to give up a prospect or two. I'm willing to give up some because I know I'm going to keep him. Well, now we have this very strange situation where we think we know what the free agent market's going to look like next year, but that money, that pool of money, it's like an oasis in the desert. We see it. We don't really know it if it's real or not, and you have to take that into account as well. So I, I think you're 100% right. It makes the trade deadline scenarios very murky, and you might be looking at teams that 
that's it. Like, there's no moves yeah. to be made. There's no ace up the sleeve. Uh, we mentioned this, the uh, 30 game records. I, I, I was sure. looking at this last night. The 60 game records are hysterical. Also, They're the Twins are in there. The Rangers are in there. There's certainly no Washington Nationals to speak no. of after 60 games last year. I believe they were like 19 and 31 after 50. So yeah, this is variance in a nutshell, right? Yes, and the Mar- so here are the best records in the history of baseball through 60 games. The right. 1912 Giants went 48 and 11 with one tie. I got the to imagine the 85 Tigers are in there as well. I don't see them, they but they could be in another scenario. I know. The 2001 Mariners, 47 yeah. and 13, yeah. and then the 98 Yankees. We all know about that. 46 and 14. So you could potentially see a team literally have a 700 winning percentage for the season, which right. is unheard of in Major League Baseball. Exactly. Unheard of. Yeah, guess but what, though? it is that on the table. wild card, though, is not going to be at that kind of level, right? What these teams need to wow. chase to get in is not going to be at that level. Well, the irony to this is you could potentially see an above 500 wild card team face a below 500 wild card team. The variance could be that stark where you get three or four teams in one league. And also, think of it this way. Scheduling there's, balance, yeah. Yeah, there's an imbalance with the schedule. They are not facing every team. Can That's you right. imagine that? The Major League Baseball season is going to happen, and every team in the American League is not going to face each other. And right. every team in the National League see, is the not going to face each other. National League in your time zone, but you're not going to see. And we talked about that, right, Jared? When it was winning percentages that FanDuel was hanging, and we talked about the strength of schedule, we were like, well, it's different. It's a liability for some and an opportunity for others. We were baking it in before anybody else, and the schedule is so fascinating because you get so many of these rivalry games. Yeah. You know, you get way more percent, and I'm, and you get the same amount. It's actually less games per capita because usually you get 19 games against a division. It's less. But the percentage of games against your division, half of your game or more than half of your games are against your division. And, and that is, like, to me, that number is very, very stark. And the fact that it's, I think it's more than, I think it's 40, right? It's 40 games against the division and 20 yeah. against non-division. That's two-thirds of the schedule. Yeah, absolutely. And think about it this way. Usually it's 19 games against four teams. So around that's 76 games. That's less than half. half. Just about half half to two-thirds. And now we're seeing two-thirds of the schedule against your division. Familiarity breeds content. These teams know each other very well. You know better than anyone else. Those Yankees-Red Sox games are not played like regular season games. Yet you're still competing against the second-place team of the AL West or the AL Central with a completely inconsistent schedule, right? Because let's say the the Rays or whatever, they're going to still be battling against the A's or the Indians, whoever it is, but their schedule could be dramatically easier or tougher. Absolutely, that is something interesting. So many variables. It's really hard to wrap your head around because we've never, we don't have any experience to bank it off of. We can't be like, yeah, this team made it through this lull and this. It's all the Wild West. It's very, yep. very difficult to handicap. That's very, very difficult. And it's almost the same thing as like the AAF or the XFL when we were 100%. on even footing as the bookies yes, trying to point. figure it out. Yeah, this is what I'm going to also say. There's another rule that is going to be in place, which makes me, Jared, want to construct my roster differently. I'll tell you about that and see if you agree with GM Martinez when we come back. But remember, they're going to start with 30 men on the roster, then yeah. trim to 28, then trim to 26. They're going to have this taxi squad, you know, because of potential injuries and all that stuff. Remember, oh, that's good. I'm, I'm in favor of it. And I heard there might be a full squad for Arizona Fall League as well, which I'm also very much in favor of. Remember, they were already going to go from 25 to 26 men this year. That was already going to be the case. Just like they were already going to do only a reliever has to pitch to three batters. I want to understand what that looks like in this max effort kind of days we're going to be in. Oh, but do I have a way, especially because of the rule changes, Jared, to utilize that 26th man. And I want to see if you agree with me. By the way, I'll give you a hint. I'm picking up the phone. I'm calling Usain Bolt right now. We're coming on back. It's in-game live with Jared and Dane. Oh, you're going with that. Fun and functional sports content after this. 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team. A driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah, Psh. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two, because as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I, I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pot? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts. Or wherever you get your podcast. You find it. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around, I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. Are you calling Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, you... he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with big top they ran socks in 2004, bounced back after the 3-0. In a winner chicken dinner, homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton and James Buster Douglas, We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like, he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons, lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back in, everybody. It's In Game Live, giving you the edge on Sports Grid. Dane and Jared trying to make sense of all the details of the Major League proposal, right? Kind of now that we know we're going to have baseball, oh, happy day. Let's start to figure out how to make some money off of it and what it's going to look like. Because, Jared, it's going to look different, right? Everything from them being a COVID DL to a DH in the National League. One thing that I think is interesting, and they've talked about this before. We've seen it in the independent leagues. We've seen it in the World Baseball Classic. It was something that was going to be tinkered with anyway, Jared, the idea of putting a runner on second base in extra innings. Mm. Now, this is because they don't want games going 17 innings, going six and a half hours long when, you know, either there was going to be a bunch of doubleheaders or horribly, har hardly any off days with this condensed sprint. So I understand that they may need that. I thought they, they were even entertaining the idea of ties in baseball, but they're going to put a man on second to start the 10th inning and beyond. Jared, 
I'm keeping a designated runner on my roster. I really am. I'm just keeping a speed dude. I was thinking this even when I got the 26th man and rosters were expanding, that this could be an interesting way to fill that role. But if you tell me, and here's another detail of it. I didn't know this until a couple days ago. The runner that goes on second base, Jared, is the last out from the Correct. previous thing. Okay, and that's, that I think is it. Or a pinch runner for that person. Sure. Right? So if it's your three hitter in the lineup, I understand. You know, if it's your already, you've gone to your backup catcher, I understand, right? But Jared, honestly, bro, if I just pinch run my guy, you know, call him Homer Bush or you, you know, Dave Roberts. That's the, the one that that's that's the one that haunts me in, in, yeah, the, I know, in I that know. 2003 ALCS. I start my tenth inning. I pinch run him. I tell him go steal third. I'll take my shot. Now I got a man on third, nobody out. I'm scoring, Jared. I am. Or I'll lead off the inning with a sack bunt. I don't care, depending on where I am in the order. Um, maybe I'm pushing it to the extreme to make a point, but am I crazy, Jared? My gears are spinning. So it, this is why this is why I love Jared, doing you don't these extra guys somehow, and you don't need 18 more arms in the bullpen. This is this is why I love doing shows with you. So in my head, while you were just talking, I had like three like sparks of like fireworks, and you yeah. know better than we're hearing fireworks every night here. Yeah, I have so that as well. But they, they're like going off in my right. head, and all right. So here we go. First, first thought: we are going to make, and we're going to have to either a mental database or an actual Excel spreadsheet of strategizing which teams do what in the extra inning situation. Yeah. We're going to have plenty of extra inning situations. It's going to happen plenty of times. Well, if you're the home team and the road team doesn't yeah. score at the top, this is what I'm doing. I'm telling you right now. And and so I want to know road strategy. Do you bunt? Do you go for the big inning? Because if you bunt, you pretty much right. take yourself out of the big inning. You're going for one run. Do teams bunt immediately? The other team is maybe. Exactly. How does the home team handle it? On the flip side, will you go? So – and, and again, the strategizing, each team, each manager will have a different set of, you know, rules in their head where they think they're getting plus EV in a certain scenario. We as handicappers will have to get ahead of that in some way. So I need to determine that. The next like, part of this. NFL, there's a chart, right, where coaches, if they go yes. for two or not. And it's, it's the same kind of theory. Like, if you're up one, like, right. let's, say the, let's say the road team gets the one run. They play for the one. Do you go for the two and where you don't, but the it home team won't bunt? My lineup and their lineup for or the 11. Do you just, yeah, or do you just go for the tie? Like, hey, we can bunt, get a run, tie the game, and go into I another inning. It, it, it is, it, it is going to take some time for us to really understand what these managers are thinking. That's the first part of it. That's the first spark I had. Here's the second spark. Man, does this change live betting? Holy moly. Does this change? The same way that the fourth and 15 onside kick might have done so, right? It's the same. It's the same way of thinking of a coach being aggressive, going for the win instead of. It's like that UNC Clemson game last year. Do you go for the win or do you not go for the win? If a coach is going to go for the win, you know, you you get the touchdown, you can kick the extra point and go to overtime, or you can go for two and get the win. Well, we want to know that answer before we click submit on the live bet for this team to win. I'd like to know the answer if we, this but coach is going to go. <laughs> Mike Rabel, Mike Rabel last year, I think it was twice, went right. for the extra point, or excuse me, went for the two, could have went for the extra point to tie right. it. I think they were over two in that scenario. Trust me, when you're betting a Titans live money line, you want to know if Mike Rabel is going to kick the extra point and go for overtime or not. So the live betting element to this creates a whole another avenue for finding value. If you know this team is going to go for the win, meaning they're not going to bunt, they're going to go for the big inning, you might be more inclined to take some juice on a live money line than you would be if you know, all right, they're just sure. going to bunt and play for the one. It's sure. not an aggressive strategy. Am I getting value on this money line, on this live bet? So I absolutely love this from a gambling perspective because it gives me options. And you know how much I love options. Sure. I like you to snack. snack. Yeah. I want a snack. I want to know if I'm snacking on this team. I want to know before I hit submit what their strategy is. And it gives me a chance also – it's the live betting part of this is amazing. Like let's say it's an even money live bet, top of the 10th inning, team plays for the one, goes for the bunt, gets the runner to third, gets the run home. Where does the money – where does the live bet go? Is that a bad thing or a good thing? Because are the books going to say that, well, the other team can do that too and they're going to tie the game – Maybe the conservative strategy shades off the odds where it, 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 it's 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 yes. a fascinating scenario. Yes. 
And it is going to be one that we will monitor very closely. I think right. the extra inning situation presents a monster opportunity for really sharp live betters to get very much ahead of the market. But you have to keep your eyes and ears open because these things change, as you know, in an instant. Yeah. But, man, oh, man, this is going to be fun. So many opportunities to nibble for those snacks that Absolutely. we love so much. Absolutely. It's like, Jared, if the Houston Roughnecks of the XFL told you in advance that they were going to go for three every single time, you would have liked to have known that. Now, wouldn't you have? 100%. <laughs> in your kind of live betting of it all. Absolutely. Here's another thing that I think is an interesting piece, given now the context of what we talked about. Jared, we've had the conversation, the condensed season, and also the idea of max effort, right? These guys are going to only make 10 starts, 12 starts, whatever it is. All the bullets in the chamber. We may see higher velocity. How we use a bullpen is going to be interesting. You've mentioned, and we'll give you a chance to talk more about it, but certain teams have already said, you know, maybe not the opener, but they're going to be safe with their starters. Jared, if you remember, anyway, just like there were going to be 26 men on the roster— Anyway, now, to reduce the idea of mound visits, you remember how a relief pitcher was going to have to face three batters as a minimum, Jared? Well, guess what? That's still in play right now for 2020. Relievers will still have to face at least three batters, okay? So the lefty specialist is not coming in. I know how you thought or felt about that rule three months ago. What about now in the context of everything condensed, everyone being able to, you know, not have to conserve any energy, max effort, and still going after it, but you got to face three batters. So what do we do? Lefty, righty, lefty. It is an in, and and again, I I think I need to make like a list of yeah, like all of these. Of it. It's and and I think each one is weighted in a different way with how sure. it determines the outcome of the game and also sure. the total. I think the totals in baseball might see the biggest fluctuations this season. We are very much used to seeing a lot of nine in the hooks, ten, ten in the hooks. It's the bullpen day. We know we're going to have a short, you know, the, the the team had their ace going yesterday, so they've got their backup guy. You know, it's a bullpen, whatever it is, whatever it is, I think you're going to see totals decrease because I think teams are going to get much more aggressive early on, especially with how they utilize their bullpens and how quickly they go to them. The three mm -hmm. batter rule, I think there's going to be some nuanced scenarios where, where a guy wants to come in and just face one the and the manager's. Specialist. Yeah, and the manager is going to have to be very selective on what part of the lineup that specialist gets brought into because you don't want to hang them out to dry and have force them to face someone who – and also on the other side of that, because there's expanded rosters, my guess is every manager and every manager should – have Multiple that lefty, yeah. Have a buster <laughs> yeah. on the other side that yeah. they can bring out, and then they can bring out and hit against the lefty specialist, yeah. like a right-handed bopper. So I, every move in 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 baseball has that counter move, and I think the counter moves. This it, it's actually funny. Usually, our handicap of managers in baseball, they don't have a huge impact on the game. Right. I think the best managers are going to be very savvy and be a, a very Belichickian find a way to bend the rules in their favor enough to find an edge. And I think the best managers, the Maddens, even the sure. Boons, who's been, you know, pretty savvy with some yeah. of the moves and very analytically friendly, very player-friendly managers that can maneuver their way around a, a game that's obviously going to be very different than what we're used to watching. This, this is this is the Wild West. This is the gold rush. People are going out and they're trying to find they're trying to strike gold this season with a 60 game. I'll get on year. the Oregon Trail with you, brother man. Exactly. Let's figure it That's out. what I'm saying. You're gonna have some players that are gonna get dysentery or whatever that disease was that they got on the, the, <laughs> yeah. the Oregon Trail. But then you're gonna have some ones that, you know, they find that back road, they find that maneuver, you know, they just figure out a way to get themselves from point A to point B a little bit cleaner than other teams. Because like you said, the nuances this season. I bet there's GMs and scouts right now in a dark room somewhere trying to figure out a way to squeeze every ounce out of these new rules and make it benefit their team. This yeah. is a unique season. Anybody can win the World Series this year. I, I don't think I've ever said that in baseball. Usually, you know, you can throw out a few teams right at the beginning. Because any team can get hot over exactly. a three-week stretch, and exactly. that's going to be about it. Remember, like the Oakland A's in the Moneyball year won 21, 22 games in a row. And that's why I started with the Baltimore Orioles, who were the worst team in the American League last year, I believe, with a 333 winning percentage, 10-20 and 20 after 30 games. 
You're not out of it, okay? And there's so many other things with the compressed schedule. We've talked about it a little bit before. Could someone hit 400? I believe so. Would it yep. take being a sub-1 ERA to win a Cy Young this year? Because you're only going to get like 10, 11, maybe 12 starts. We've seen Jacob deGrom go 10, 11 start stretch and pitch to a sub-1 ERA. You know, I want to get you real quick on this. We do have another break. I want to talk about some more elements of baseball on the other side. My guy Kevin Walsh, when we do the early line, one of his takes on this that I think is interesting Maybe more than ever before, is it possible for a reliever to win the Cy Young Great this year? And, I, and he makes a point that I think is real because what are you going to do when you have like Aroldis Chapman in like 17 innings of work with 17 saves and a 0.2 ERA for the champions of the American League East? Like that's viable. You know, we're going to see because starters you would think are going to be, are going to go less. Correct. Starters may go less. Bullpen guys don't have to stretch it all out. You know, they're going to use up all the bullets in the chamber real quick and can put out absolutely dominant stretches. Numbers. If they happen to be for one of these top teams, Correct. the Astros, the Dodgers, or all this Chapman, like he could wind up having stats that cannot be ignored for this kind of award. I I can't I can't argue that, especially if you it's like a seesaw. If the yeah. if the if the bullpen no if the starter numbers go down, well then the bullpen numbers have to go up. These but ratios I do think, are live. I think they're gonna I think you're gonna tilt. Someone could hit 400 and a starter could hit 170 as well. We'll talk about this some more when we come back. You get a bad start, your ERA is up to six. How are you gonna fix it? We'll talk about it when we come back. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team. A driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two, because as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I, I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts. Or wherever you get your podcast. You find it. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey, guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around. I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. Are you calling Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with Big Pop. The Red Sox in 2004 bounced back after the 3-0 in a winner chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton, and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. 
Like he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons, lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. You're watching Sports Grid. Get on the grid. Welcome back, everybody, to In-Game Live. Jared and I trying to figure this out, okay, because 2020 baseball, it's going to be on the field, but it ain't going to look like anything we're used to. The stats are not going to look like anything we're used to. The roster construction is not going to look like anything we're used to. And, Jared, the safety protocols are also not going to look like anything we're used to. I want to bounce some of the stuff that I saw off of you. Some of it makes complete sense. I get it. But honestly, Jared, some of this stuff is really weird to me, and I want to get your thoughts. So let's start with the easy parts, Jared. All right, the players are going to get tested every other day. Cool. Makes sense. They're also going to have temperature checks, symptom checks, like twice a day. I get it. Make sure. They're going to even have, you know, a normal DL. Uh, They're going back to the 10-day DL, I believe. They're also going to have a COVID DL that's separate. And I think that makes sense. And this is not going to be a minimum time or a maximum time because we don't know. You're going to test negative twice and then kind of be reintegrated. I'm cool with all of that. Here's the parts that I start to think get a little bit funny, silly. I don't know the right word. Here's some of them. All the other players except the ones that are like happening right now and being, you know, playing right now, they're going to have to sit in the stands, uh, socially distance away, right? Uh, people who do have to be in the dugout or do have to be in the bullpen, Jared, they're going to have to wear masks. Okay. Now get this though, Jared, no contact. So no high fives, no fist bumps, no hugs at home plate with a walk off Homer. That's going to be a little bit hard. You know what else is going to be a little bit hard for a a baseball player? No sunflower seeds, no tobacco, no spitting, obviously, because of the germ spread. But, you know, there's sunflower seeds, there's tobacco, there's all that good stuff all the time. Here's one that, honestly, Jared, I think they misworded. I really do. I think they're misworded. There's no way they can mean what it actually says in the letter of the law, at least what I read from Major League Baseball. It says that baseballs will be thrown out if multiple players touch them. No way. So I ask you, Jared. Get out of here. Isn't that every pitch? Every pitch. Like a pitcher and a catcher touches it on every pitch, on every pickoff attempt? Yep. Two players touch it. On, I think about how many pickoff attempts where it's like they'll right. break over like five times in a row right. just to keep the guy close. Maybe maybe they meant every time a ball is hit in play, Absolutely. but like every pitch, multiple players touch it. Are they going to just have like a, cra- a milk crate of baseballs on the mound for guys? Like will the umpire put a new ball in oh, every, every play? Like I honestly don't understand this one. Maybe did you read it differently than me? Because that's the way I read it, and I have no uh, idea. Every single pitch. Because in basketball, you're not going to have to do that, right? No. LeBron passes it to Kuzma. What do we do? Timeout? Timeout. Timeout. Uh, so, it, it, is, it is getting this. a little absurd. Um, I, listen, I think, I think we get to a certain point where they are putting things out there just to almost appease the yeah, masses. Yeah, like you take your shoes off at the airport. Exactly. Yeah, and then they're like, yeah, you're okay. Go ahead. Uh, and, and, you know, maybe we need to have an experiment with Dr. Fauci to find out the effects of a bat hitting a baseball. And if that kills the coronavirus, you know, if there's blunt force to an object, does that make the, I mean, I don't know. You know, listen, I, I understand playing Bundesliga right now when people touch it, touch the ball. And what about the KBO? I mean, they, now they do have those spitting rules in place. I've seen guys break those rules. It's not. I don't think these rules are going to be adjudicated. I don't think they are going to be enforced. I think they are there for 
name brand only. I think they are there. So baseball has a liability. Yeah, they have a defense against the dark arts kind of deal. You know, like they just I, I, I I'm not certain that you can really enforce these rules. And the one that really gets me is the bing, is the bring your own uh, batting equipment. So right. these guys are just going to have bat. Like you're telling me that I need the my own donut, my own yeah, pine tar. The donut that they put the pine tar. You want these guys bringing this stuff to the ballpark? First of all, how do you know where they got it from? Is safe. Like yeah. I, I just think some some of these are excuse me. Some of these are That's over the top. I'm getting so excited over here. Yeah. Losing my breath. I, I I think some of these are just so over the top that it you you can't enforce this stuff. Yeah. And, and I think they're for name recognition only. Like, baseball can turn to all the health officials and say, hey, guys, we're doing everything possible to keep these guys safe. Whether they, you know, I, I, the one thing I noticed, there's no, like, consequences if you break these rules. It's just, sure. These are the rules. How are you going to, like, what are you going to do? You're going to give an automatic out if some guy spits on the field? Like, I mean, what can you possibly do? And that, that brings me to the last part of the rules that I wanted to get your thoughts on. Okay, and, and and let me also say, you and I live in the former epicenter of the coronavirus. Right. Now it's like the safest place in, this, in the whole country, say, right? Because, as you heard late this week, you know, the tri-state mayors are now banding together and going to try and keep out people from these other states that are spiking. I have no idea how they're going to enforce that. If a car with Look. South Carolina plates drives across the GWB, what are they going to do? You know, I have no idea. Now, with baseball going state to state to state, what? When the Marlins need to come in and play the Mets, what's going to happen, right? So I don't know. But what I do know is that my wife might be a little bit more concerned if I have a road trip to Florida or a road trip to Arizona or Texas on the horizon. And guess what? My wife or my kids or my parents would have every right to be a little bit more concerned. So here's what I want to ask you, because one of the last things I saw is that Major League Baseball reserves the right, Jared, to relocate a franchise if they are in a hot spot. So they could be like, sorry, Rangers, you can't do this. We're going to set you up in Philly instead, okay, because it's safer there. I think that is very interesting. And to that, I wanted to add the last context, Jared, the Toronto Blue Jays now have been popping up and being testing yeah. positive left and right. I've always said the second country adds to different regulations, but we're now seeing it state by state here in this fine land of ours that used to be at least the United States of America and are now the dystopian states of America because the federal government has punted on this altogether. Correct. I totally, you, you won't find an argument with me there. Um, I, I think... It's it, to to back up just a second uh, to make light of the the relocation. I think there's some some people in Tampa Bay that might want their team relocated anyways out of that crappy stadium. Uh, there's some jokes to be made about mandated relocation for some of these teams. Uh, I won't touch that because obviously uh, I, I respect. California uh, is spiking right now. There's like multiple franchises there. What are you gonna do? I think you just have to, to 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 trust and respect the state governments to give proper protocols and that to filter down to Do major you league trust baseball. state governments. No. Thirty states in this country right now. I, I don't I trust I, I don't trust any governments, especially with this scenario. We have I, I have I feel like I'm on my own some days here where I'm just kind you. of like existing in this universe where if I get it, I get it. If I don't, I don't. And well, I don't what I don't expect like any help. For Major League Baseball, when they are, they don't have the bubble approach, right? They have the travel approach, right? And I believe there's pros and cons to each. I really do, okay? Because in the NBA, if you have designs on playing in the finals, you're isolated for four months, and that's not cool either. And you just talked about coming in, you know, the chefs and the cleaning staff, they're coming in and out of the bubble as they please. Yep. But I digress. There's pros and cons to both approaches, but this is going to be crazy. It is. And I, I fully expect I fully expect there to be hiccups. I fully expect there to be positive tests. We've seen it in golf this week. Yeah. We've seen it in golf this week. We had a player pull out of the tournament this week, Webb Simpson, who, by the way, won on Sunday, one of the best rounds ever. And I think that's – I have a feeling I was getting ready more. to click submit on Brooks Kepka. I know, exactly. And I bet you're – well, you would have got your money back. But I'm, I bet you're glad you didn't because you would have felt like you wasted your time right. handicapping him. So – the. 
but the good news is, and I was worried on Thursday or on Wednesday. I was worried on Wednesday. We heard about the news from PGA. Then we heard Jay Monahan was going to give a, a a speech or you know a press right. conference. Yeah. And and I was like, man, they're going to cancel this tournament. And then my next thought was, man, can we play sports in this country right now? Like, really, can we really play sports in this country right now? Are we going to be watching? A couple weeks ago, I asked you, should the NFL play? Like, that's the force fork in the road. It is. It really is. And, you know, and then I was tweeting out, like, yeah, you know, you better get used to watching that English Premier League because, the you know, the European soccer is really the only show in town right now. And luckily, not luckily, but I think – I think the PGA, again, and I think these things need to happen. You know this better than anyone. You have to find some adversity to see what the limit is. And we found it in UFC. First week, some guy tested positive. They removed him. They did the fight as usual. We haven't had any hiccups since. The protocols have been pretty followed. I have a friend that works out in Vegas, one of the local affiliates out there. Do they have stomach for it, though, Jared? Do they have stomach for it when it inevitably grows to a crazy issue? It's inevitably going to happen, Jared. We're going to get hotspots. We're going to get teams. We're going to get NFL teams because they all trained and meet together where four offensive linemen one week are going to go down. Then what? It's definitely going to happen. It's definitely going to happen. I think we're going to get to a certain point where it's just it's just so hard to handicap some of this stuff that we like, how do you, how do you handicap a player who you don't even know if he's going to be able to play? We have to consider every single player, every week of every game, questionable. Quite everyone's questionable. We yes. don't know if you have it. And what's it's not like lower body injury, like in the NHL, right? Yeah, it's, everyone's got a respiratory question. The parentheses at risk for COVID. <laughs> yeah, and and the, it it does, and you know we we had Yanni on TMA the other day, and we got into his brain about how a sharp better is going to get ahead of a market that literally, and 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 I made the bet, and he agreed with me. We are going to have the most volatile swings in NFL week-to-week lines we've ever seen. From Monday opening line to Sunday closing line, it could literally flip a touchdown, which is unheard of in the NFL. Unheard of. But you never have quarterbacks and a back quarterback go down in the same week. You don't have a kicker and a punter go down in the same week. You don't have four wide receivers. And these guys meet in the same room. Okay, so if it's good, if it's among the, you know, linebacking core of a team, yeah. then it might be the entire damn position group. It's going to be very interesting, a lot up in the air. We'll talk more when we come back about what we think we do know. And here's one thing I do know, I'm sorry to our president, but as we test, we're gonna get more cases. And guess what? We need to keep testing to find out. We're seeing it pop off in Major League Baseball. The NBA is starting to test as well. We'll turn our attention there when we come back. It is In Game Live. Jared and I giving you the edge right here on Sports Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team. A driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two, because as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I, I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pod? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts. Or wherever you get your podcast. You find it. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. 
I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey, guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around. I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. Are you calling Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with big top. The Red Sox in 2004 bounced back after the 3-0. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton, and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons, lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Welcome back, everybody, to In Game Live right here on Sports Grid, giving you the edge. And if it's Jared and Dane, we're putting the fun in functional sports content as well. Your haircut still looks good, by the way, Thanks, Jared. brother. Like Herman, Herman, man, my guy Herman. Hey, I was walking by yesterday. They're, they're open now. So Herman might be out of business soon, unfortunately. I think Herman needs to double play it. I think he needs to open his <laughs> shop, but then moonlight in the park moonlight and see what else goes down. But here's the deal. All right. We're hearing it's like decision day, you know, in the NBA this week, you know, and I was talking about it on the early line with my guy, Kevin Walsh. Jared, it reminds me of like when high school players have like the three hats in front of them and they declare where they're going to go. We had a lot of people declaring this week if they were going to come to Orlando and we were calling it like the Oladipo camp, right? Uh, maybe you're worried about injury or worried about a contract on the horizon. Some players decided not to come for those reasons. Uh, Davis Bertans comes to mind, right? There's yeah. family reasons of why maybe not going to the bubble. I cite the Trevor Ariza example, right? Not wanting to go because he's got to spend time with his son. He's going through kind of a, a paternity issue and he wants to spend that time with his son. And here's the thing. If they qualify for the playoffs, it could be a month, two months, three months, yeah. almost four months of isolation. So I ask you, you know, you mentioned the younger teams a lot, you know, but if your wife was seven months pregnant and you want to be gone for the next four months and miss the birth of your child, probably not. If you have a sick family member, you're going to be gone for four months. You know, so valid reasons will just Very say, valid reasons. right? But that's just if you're choosing not to go. Then there's going to be the horizon, Jared, of uh, we going to test people, right? And it's always been like, oh, well— It'll be these, you know, kind of, they won't be players that move the needle. Or they're on teams where they weren't serious contenders anyway. And I'll give you that, right? And maybe Trevor Ariza or Lou Williams or Avery Bradley are not players that move the needle. Well, Nikola Jokic certainly is. All NBA center. He tested positive because he was out there in Serbia dancing with Novak Djokovic, and they all turn up. There's also the Kings, right, where Alex Len, Jabari Parker, oh, yeah, and Buddy Heald as well has tested positive. So, I mean, listen, Jared, when the Orlando airport tested their staff and over 50% test positive— when the Clemson Athletic Department tests everybody there and, you know, something like 10% test positive, it would be naive 
in my opinion. I don't care if they've been doing testing for months. It would be naive to think that there is not going to be some impact here and competitive balance is going to be warped on some level. And we're starting to find out now. I agree. And, and you know, you made the point before the break that, you know, when you test more, you find out more that there's more cases. And you're right. We do need to test more. And I don't understand why we wouldn't want to test more. You can't sweep these things oh. under the rug. And my comparison was, yeah, my weight would be down, too, if I just stopped weighing myself all the sure. time. You know, like I would be I would be fine. I would I wouldn't need to go on keto. I'd be great. I'm not weighing myself. What do I know about my poundage being up? So, you know, we, we need to know these things. I, I, still I, if I don't check my bank account. Exactly. I'm not poor if I don't check my bank account ever. Uh, there, 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 there's, you know, it's the, it's that kind of ignorant mentality that I think is steering our country in a very bad direction. Uh, I, I, and you know, party parties aside, I'm a knowledge person. I'm an informative person. I'm a data point person. I want data. I right. want information. I want to know if there's this many positive tests. I want to know if, and I'll, I'll, I'll take it even a step further. I'll take it a step further. We now know, and we don't know this for sure. But I think it's a safe assumption to operate under that it's probably more difficult to get us to get COVID a second time. I would maybe. guess the likelihood, <laughs> maybe. But sure. we, we have to operate under some baseline. So sure, I, and I'll buy it. I, I I think maybe I would give a little more. I'd feel a little more confident betting on some teams in the bubble where some of these key players have already gotten it. Like, I, you know, because I know well, they're probably not going to get it again, and they're probably not going to miss any time because of it, because they've already gotten it and they've already recovered from it. And again, I don't know this for sure. We, we, you know, we're we're still but learning about this I've disease. I've heard of like long-term effects if you get COVID and get That's over it. That's another story where we heard about uh, Rudy Gobert. Doesn't he doesn't have his sense of smell yet? What guys? If what happens if some of these guys have legitimate breathing or stamina problems because of their first exam? I don't know. No idea. Right. But yeah, go ahead. And Zeke. You know, Zeke's an interesting uh, story here because I did see an interview from him uh, and and he's doing OK. He said he doesn't have any long term effects, not any that he can imagine. Rudy Gobert, again, we said he has the the sense of smell that he hasn't recovered from yet. And, and it's unfortunate for him because, if, you know, he's from France and I, I've been to Paris. You walk into one of those Parisian bakeries. The last thing I want is to not be able to smell what I'm what I'm walking yeah. into. Uh, so I certainly feel for Rudy. But I, I think the thing to keep in mind here, so you 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 hear that interview from Zeke, and you know me, I listen to an interview from a guy and I wanna I'm a sponge, I wanna try to read the tea leaves and everything he's saying. He said something that was very interesting to me, and I think this could be something that I do kind of bank on when I'm handicapping this disease as best I can. I mean, it, it you know, it's a crapshoot either way, but we have to try to handicap it. That's our job. And so he said, you know, I'm okay. Everyone says the doctors say everything's great. They said I could have worked out and started to work out, but I'm going to wait another week right. or two to make sure. And I thought that was very interesting because I think if you were going to ask me the type of attitude that a lot of these players have, it's not, you know, I'm going to be really careful here. I, I Usually these guys are full go. I'm working right. out. They're I'm cautious. Yeah. So and, and how will that translate to play on the field? Will they be a little more cautious early on because they haven't had the full workouts in the offseason? They haven't gone 100%. They've been a little hesitant. There's a little bit of a glass ceiling there. Will that affect their performance on the field? And I thought the Zeke comment was interesting because you don't hear a guy like Zeke right. barring physical Doing injury. anything except gung-ho, let's get it. Exactly. You know, I'm going to, you know, feed me, feed me. So it was interesting to hear a guy like Zeke who has that feed me mentality to be putting a break, you know, to be pumping the brakes with getting back to work. And I think that was something I will be banking on and I will be taking stock in when I hear these guys do get back in front of the camera and speak to the media again. Which ones are the ones with the gung-ho mentalities? And which ones are the ones that are precaution? I'll tell you what, Gronk and Tom Brady, despite the NFLPA saying don't work out, they're having they're workouts up. in Florida. They're, they're on the other side of the course. So yeah. take stock in these things because I'm not saying Zeke is not right. He has absolutely every right to say, I oh, want to be valid. Yeah, but again, there's a number on there and there's a win and a loss. And if Zeke's going to be precautious, I might be a little more hesitant to be throwing money on the Cowboys every week or a Zeke prop or a Cowboys future. So 
I, I think those are interesting things, just little nuggets, strands of information to start putting in your memory bank as we get closer to the season. It's the $64 million open question here still, Jared. You know, I do want to take you back to March, though, because in March, uh, do you remember when Giannis was actually missing games because of that capsule in his knee? Well, he's fine now. You know, and he's back, and we're all excited, and Bullholzer's like, yep, we're good, that we're going to be full bore. We're happy that Giannis is back and all that. But it's a testament, any given player, at any given time, questionable with COVID. And we've talked about this variance before, even in the NBA. Jared, we talked about it before. I was like, will you give me the Bucks, the Clippers, and the Lakers, or would you take the field? And Milwaukee specifically was the one you were ready to give up to me, right? You're like, nah, I'm not sure about that. So I want to ask you about these implied odds and, and ways we could potentially play it. You know, you and I, we do the conglomerate, the syndicate, and work through things together. I'm looking at the Eastern Conference odds, Jared, and Milwaukee is still a huge favorite at minus 175, right? But, Jared, if I took four units... And I put one on Boston, one on Toronto, one on Miami, and one on Philly. I'd be covering half of the Eastern Conference playoff field, like seeds two through five, in my opinion, the true contenders. And they're going off right now at seven, eight, nine to one. And you know intimately that Philly you can get at 14 to one with our partners on FanDuel. When you throw out this idea that everyone is questionable for COVID, you and I thought the Bucs could be beat in this kind of scenario anyway, and I could get four options and have a four-unit outlay, even if it were Boston, come back with eight units coming back and doubling my money. Tell me I'm crazy to just do that right now and take Boston, Toronto, Miami, and Philly in the East. Well, you'd, you'd really want Philly there for sure. You get a nice payout for Philly. Uh, the ROI is okay there. So let's say you did 100 bucks, 100 bucks on all four teams. Yeah. Uh, you know, the lowest you would make is 700 is on the Celtics on a $400 well, like bet. I get, the, I get, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You would get, you would, you would be 100 to win 800, yeah. but you'd only net 700. Fair. You know, and my $400 and, outlay, I could get 800 back. Worst case scenario, I double my money. Correct. I mean, and but, and but. and that's and that's that's a good ROI. That's a good ROI. I I I would try to get. I would try to knock one out. Okay. I would try to knock one team out. I I would rather. I would because I think my strategy would be. That's a two. If you're and again, this is this is actually a great. Uh, this is actually a great separate conversation which we can continue over the break. Sure. Going into a futures bet, I think you should have a max pain scenario, meaning I'm willing to hedge out at this number. And right. I, my goal is to make this. So, for instance, when I make a futures bet on, like, a one-off scenario, like a minus 110 scenario, I don't really have any plans in my head to hedge. Obviously, that could change if I see something that I don't like. But if you go into that saying, all right, I want to make – I want to double my money. My goal is to double my money. Yeah. Well, I would give yourself just enough wiggle room to make another bet at some point to get to that. Meaning, let's say – Let's say the Bucks get to the finals, the East finals against the Celtics. And right. let's say the Celtics, like last year, by the way, win the first game of that series. Right. And all of a sudden, the Bucks then are an underdog in that series. Well, that head. would be my cue to get out. And that would be my cue to take that little bit of wiggle room that I gave myself, that little bit of ROI deviation from what I want my expected outcome to be. And I would come back on Milwaukee and then I would lower my risk even more so. And then either way, as long as I get the outcome, as long as I get the Celtics to win, I still get to double my money, but I'm risking less. So I, I just, I, I don't mind that scenario. I do it. And it's, it's a golf you just strategy. Wouldn't push it to four units out. I you would, would try, try to get it to two or three. I, I would, I wouldn't go right up against the line. I would give yourself, you know, when you're pouring a nice coffee, you want to make yourself, yeah. you want to give yourself a little room for milk. I would give myself just a little bit of room for milk to give myself an ability to snack at some point in some scenario. But I think overall that strategy is very sound. All right, fair enough. That's why we say it all the time. We're not just giving you a fish. We are teaching you how to fish. And Professor Smith continues to be in session. That'll do it for hour number one. When we come back, hour number two. Oh, by the way, this is a global pandemic, not only here in this country. We'll talk about that. 
when we come back. Hour number two of In Game Live is up next. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. Lily Herman, my co-host in season one, helped me choose a team. A driver, and then... Well, we sent you on your jolly way. Yeah. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. I'm Michael Costa, comedian, Daily Show correspondent. And we're back with season two, because as it turns out, F1's newest fan is still a little... Dazed and confused. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1 as we dive deeper into the rabbit hole of the pinnacle of motorsports. Who makes money here? What's CFD? How do you manage a tire? You, get back in there. What are the rumors? What's the gossip? But you also know that someone's listening to your radio. Uh, I'm going to pull up a picture of a tea cozy. I, I want to see what this thing looks like. Are you going to be doing that accent this whole pot? Listen to season two of Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts. Or wherever you get your podcast. You find it. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time. I'm talking Hall of Famers, MVPs, gold medalists. I absolutely hate the Colts, bro. This game, I swear, led to the deflate gate. Hey guys, this ball's a little flat. <laughs> Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Julian walking around, I'm pretty sure he had his shirt off for reasons I'm not sure. He was saying, gotta believe. Oh, you gotta believe. From 18-1 with Eli. Are you calling Bill just a cheater? Is that what you're I'm saying right saying now? He's, you... he's looking for an advantage. The 2004 ALCS with big top the Red Sox in 2004 bounced back after the 3-0. We never win a chicken dinner, homie. The immaculate reception with Terry Bradshaw. Fired the ball. I hear the roar of the crowd. I never thought he caught the ball, but he did. We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali back in 1988, and to my great surprise, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on family, spirituality, and on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story and also stories of others touched by the champ, including people such as Reverend Al Sharpton, and James Buster Douglas. We'll even hear from Muhammad's daughter, Rashida. Well, my dad was, he was Peter Pan. Like he never really grew up. He was very mature when it came down to social issues. He was very in tune. He felt a responsibility to be able to share his connection to millions of people who were in need. In each of these stories, we share lessons, lessons that have meant a great deal to me and that I hope will be meaningful to you. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Last season on the Choosing Sides F1 podcast, we established unequivocally that F1 is the pinnacle of motorsports. We did, but honestly, I was left with more questions than answers, Tony. I'm Tony Cameron Brown, a tech, culture, and F1 commentator. And I'm Michael Costa, comedian from The Daily Show. Join us for season two of Choosing Sides F1. Our F1 102, if you will. And get all of the answers. All of them? Listen to Choosing Sides F1 on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Davis Miller, host of the new podcast, The Tao of Muhammad Ali. I met Ali in 1988, and surprisingly, we became friends. His influence profoundly changed my perspective on the purpose of life itself. I'll tell you that story, and also stories of others touched by the champ. Listen to The Tao of Muhammad Ali on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Julian Edelman from Games With Names, and we're on a search to find the greatest games of all time with the players and coaches who lived in them. Ever wonder what a locker room feels like at a halftime of a Super Bowl? Or what about the, the after parties? 
We're going to dive deep into the most iconic games with the most iconic people. New episodes dropping weekly. Listen to Games with Names on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.